0: They have a combined 12 years in the National Football League.
1: They combine for 65 career sacks, 232 tackles, one Pro Bowl selection, and one Employee of the Month award. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over. It's Train and Gross on the All-AZ Podcast Network. Welcome in episode 63 Training Gross, the post-Super Bowl edition. Yeah, yeah. With you train Mike Gross and Sean Cressman at Train Station Studios. That's right. Downtown Phoenix, Arizona. Beautiful, coolish, but beautiful day in Phoenix, Arizona.
2: Yeah, we don't get swamp ass today. again no swamp ass. So we're, we're good. We're starting off right with a blaze.
1: Number 63. Yeah. Like we always do. Your favorite or your best number 63. Jeff Saturday. Shout out to my man Jeff oh,
2: Saturday. Jeff,
0: I didn't think about that.
1: Yeah.
2: That's my man.
0: Because we were joking before the show started, and I was like, man, we get about 20 more before we get to anybody I remember. Uh, but wow. Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday. Six 30, yeah, Well, 69.
1: for you, I figured you'd go Gene Upshaw. Gene Upshaw, yes. That'd be a great one. And that's I, I cheat every week just to make sure I don't miss anybody, but mm-hmm. they have a list of substantial players wearing the number 63, mm-hmm. not yet in the Hall of Fame, and number two on that list is Jeff
2: Saturday. He should be in.
1: Yeah, I can't believe he's not. He really should be in. Ask Peyton Manning.
2: <laughs> I mean, ask you – know? a lot of the people in that division that they were in
0: do you remember one of my Pro Bowl we rip on the Pro Bowl an awful lot but there was mm-hmm. a really cool one of the really cool memorable moments of Pro Bowl history in my opinion was when Jeff Saturday uh, was on the opposite team of Peyton Manning you remember this? yeah when he went with the Packers when he was with the Packers yeah uh, and one, when Peyton Manning was hanging it up he switched sides for one play to snap one more ball to Peyton mm-hmm. It's pretty sweet that was a, a good memory yeah good Pro Bowl moment
1: Absolutely. There's not many.
0: No, that's what I'm saying. There's not many at all.
1: Gene Upshaw, YA Tittle. Wow. Willie Lanier. Wow. Dick Stanfield. I don't know who that is. No. Dermani Dawson. Okay. Mike Munchak and Leroy Selman.
2: Okay, we're going to have to put some respect on Dermani Dawson's name because I went up against Dermani Dawson back in the day when he was with the Steelers. Center for the Steelers. He's a grown man. (laughs) Dermonte Dawson was a grown-ass man. Let me just say that. I got I to put some respect on his name because uh, he was moving the crowd, as they used to say back <laughs> in the day. Shout out to Eric B and Rakim. He was definitely moving the crowd.
1: and uh, you know, We want to talk uh, Hall of Fame. Sorry, I'm was, I was sidetracked by this list because I was going to talk about the Selman brothers down in the Popsicle uniform. Leroy Selman? Leroy and, and Dewey, right? I think so. Do we summon? Brothers played for yeah. sure, Oklahoma, then the yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. I mean, way back in, way back. like the early days. Yeah. Uh, but the the and another thing that happened this week: the Hall of Fame inductees for this year. My man, By, and one you, of my favorite. That players. one hit you because you put it out on social media, and you can tell it was a, it was something that that, that mattered to you.
2: By Bryant Young, uh, defensive tackle for the San Francisco 49ers, was my all time favorite teammate. As a seventeen year old kid. He accepted me into the huddle at the University of Notre Dame, and I will forever be grateful for his leadership, his guidance, and the way that he carried himself on and off the field. Just a class act. He was a senior when I was a freshman. And when I tell you I was in awe, like I literally was in awe watching him play the game because he would go out, and at the end of practice, he would beat DBs and linebackers in the sprints. And this guy was all of 280 pounds sprinting full, all the way through until the very end. And the way that he played, he was a dominant player. He should have been in a long time before this, but I'm so glad he's finally getting his flowers. And uh, Brian Young, I love you, brother. I thank you for everything that you showed me. And I took those lessons, and I tried to do the best I could with him.
0: When you say accepted you in the huddle, you mean figuratively or literally? Like literally. You, literally, would you, he's like, all right, okay, you can come well,
2: in. Well, you know, not everybody could get into that huddle. Uh-huh. And as a, as a freshman, you know, I, like I said, when I first got to campus, I was – you know, I was seventeen and I, I didn't know what was going on. I was homesick and you know, there were some rough days there. But eventually I worked my way into that lineup and BY was one of the first to really accept me along with some of my other big brothers and, and I will forever be grateful for those group for that group of guys really showing me love and allowing me to to blossom my freshman year and, and you know it was one of the best years of my life.
1: Besides Bryant Young, you got Tony Baselli. Did you ever go up against him?
2: Yes I did. In college and the pros. And grown-ass man when he was healthy i'm telling you i would i would never forget the first time i watched him on film my sophomore year he literally took a guy they're on the goal line he took him from the one yard line and put him in the seats at the coliseum literally picked him up dumped him in the back of the end zone in the seats like he actually put him on top of patrons who had paid to watch the game. He put the guy <laughs> on top of them and then walked back to the huddle like nothing ever happened.
1: Leroy Butler, Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Cliff Branch, Art McNally, and Dick Vermeil. I played round out that class of – Just about all
2: players. those except one. Cliff uh, Branch. Cliff Obviously, Branch and, yeah. and, and Sam Mills. I, <clears throat> I miss Sam Mills too. No, I played I played against Sam Mills. I Man. <laughs> Well,
1: that that was going to be the question. I, I mean, Hello. obviously, the realization I just <laughs> I mean, well, I that just hit. Well, there is that. Oh damn, there oh, is that's that. Funny. But it's also got to be, you know, you, it's cool. It's, right. it's cool it,
2: to to a degree. Well, yes. you
1: talk about the Bryant Young relationship and, and and understand how personal that is because of all personal. the time you spent together. Where Tony Baselli, you, you you view him as an opponent whether it be in college or whether it be in the NFL. And he went
2: to that school in college. And
1: he went to that school we don't talk about in college. Yeah, that's Uh, right. But but all these other players, these are guys that were – to to the point, you know, I, and old oh, like like I'm gonna I'm gonna play. old. I'm gonna play Let's the old card in this old. conversation, though. They're old, but it's also got to be, you know, for you, kind of a, a a gratifying thing to say. Look, I was there with these guys. Uh-huh. Like the, you know, you you can tell a story about P- Tony Baselli. Yes, I can. You know, I can say what it was like watching him. Yeah. But you can tell a story about Tony Baselli and and these other guys that's that right. that's going
2: in. That's right. And when you get to that age when you start to see your peers get voted in. It just reminds you that that it's a it's an honor to be voted in, and we're going to get into some of the guys that are being talked about in ballyhooed as to whether they are worthy of that honor based on recent events. And I think that uh, there were some some valid points made for and against certain individuals, Mike. I'll let you. I'm not trying to bury your lead. No, no. But uh, there there are some some great discussions to be had about certain individuals because, to me, I, I hold the Hall of Fame in in very high regards. And to get in there, you had to do something above and beyond. Right. It's not just you had a good career, you deserve to go in. We're not going to lower the standards for the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame is the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Very Good.
1: And we'll get to that uh, a little bit later because at the end of the season, a couple names keep getting. Kicked around. The other one that I, I think is cool, just because I like weird stuff like this, Sam Mills, uh, he played at Montclair State. Yeah. You know, he, so he, you talk about the long way, and I think he spent time in the CFL before he actually ended up, uh, what, he bounced back and forth between, not bouncing, but he spent time in the uh, NFC South Carolina. Carolina and New Orleans. Orleans. Yeah. yeah.
2: God rest his soul, man.
1: But, uh, you know, the uh, the the comment that we always say, Montclair State, they'll find you. If you yeah, can play, if you can play, they'll, they'll find you.
2: And he actually coined the phrase "keep pounding" in in Carolina. He was that guy because he was sick at the time when they when all of that started to come around, and and they kind of asked him for a phrase, and he just said "keep pounding," and they they still use that as a rallying cry out in Carolina. Great yeah. story.
1: And uh, and of course, the coach Dick Vermeil. I was at his winery in Napa not too long ago. <laughs> wow, wow. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know if that's one of those things where he just put his name on it or. Is this like a passion of his? I don't know. But, Who knows?
2: But, but, I mean, I, I know Dick Vermil played against Dick Vermeil when he was with Kansas City. And, and, you know, the one thing I can say about Dick Vermil, he always had a really good running back. Because I go back and look at those Chiefs teams, Larry Johnson. Uh, uh, when you start thinking about Priest Holmes was another guy. And then, um, God, what was the kid from Texas? Uh, Uh, Charles. uh, Jamal. Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles, yeah. He always had a really good running back to to fall back on. And And obviously go to the Rams days. and Marshall. Marshall, Marshall. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it it always worked out well for him.
1: The other thing I remember about him is he was the first one to kind of – because when he was at Philly, when he was coaching the Eagles, Mm -hmm. it it wasn't this 24-hour media cycle we're in where you get a deep dive into all this. And he kind of lifted the veil about how – Coaching in the NFL just takes a toll on you if yeah. you do it at the level that he's doing it. He had to take a break. Like he was talking about he Got had a in the office and, and it was affecting his, his health yeah. and his mental well-being. Yeah. And he just walked away, which at the time that was, that was not like the commonplace story. Like you didn't hear about that okay. with, with coaches doing that.
2: So I, I, so on a, on a lighter note, I, I gotta, I'm going to start a running joke or a running bet. Not a joke because mm-hmm. it's not a joke. For Dick Vermeil, I got over under 30 seconds into his Hall of Fame speech before he starts Before to he cry. cries?
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm taking the under. <laughs> <laughs> under? Yeah. He might not even get he to the podium. He may not make it. Yeah. He may not get to the podium yeah. before he starts Because, to cry. you know, With they the- play that video before you, you get there and the person uh-huh. Presents, uh-huh. presents you. Oh, yeah. he's not making it through that. He, no. He get through that? Not okay. a chance.
1: I got you. And, and that The video part, yes, but I always think it's cool, too, like the the thought process into the presenter. Mm-hmm. Like who who will be presenting That's a big each deal. Of these guys. That's Absolutely. A big deal. It is. You yeah. know who
0: still has done it the most in NFL history to this point? No. Al Davis. Wow. He, he's been asked to present people more than anybody else in the history of the Hall of Fame.
1: Wow.
2: That's interesting. Wow. Hmm. I mean, I just you know, the thing that I always remember about Dick Vermeule, the first thing that I always remember is when he was with the Rams and Trent Green got hurt. And at that, that press conference after that preseason game, where he says, and I quote we will rally behind Kurt Warner, and we mm-hmm. would play good football. Mm-hmm. And he was tearing up as he said that, because he was tearing up for Trent for Kurt, Green, yes. and he was cheer- tearing up a little bit for Kurt Warner. I don't know if it was a positive tear up for Kurt Warner, because he didn't know what he had. <laughs> yep. But, you know, uh, 16 weeks later, I think it worked out. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just always remember that moment where an uh, unknown backup quarterback from Iowa goes on to have a career for the ages. And it was all Warner. by... Dick Vermil.
1: Yep. Hey, uh, Super Bowl, we have a champion. The L.A. Rams are your Super Bowl champions. And the, the, the point that you made now comes home. The season is a success because not, they weren't in the Super Bowl, but they won the
2: Super Bowl. They pushed all their chips into the middle of the table, and it came out in their favor. And so congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams. One thing that I had to think about, though, and, you know, this is the cynic in me all the time. If you're the Los Angeles Chargers, how small do you feel today? Oh, you are minuscule. Because you were already the redheaded stepchild in that building, mm-hmm. and now the Rams actually won a Super Bowl in that building, so you feel even less part of it. Parade happened today. Parade happened today, and I mean, you're just having to sit and and kind of watch from the sidelines and kind of golf clap for those hey, guys. Hey,
1: hey, and he, he doesn't care what I think. If if I'm the Spanos family, yeah. I figure out, go home, go back where you belong, get out of there, get back to San Diego, put your tail between your legs and get it done. Because you will forever be the stepchild in that relationship. The other team. The other team. Always. Always. You win a Super Bowl next year, you will be the second team to do
0: And you can return. Raiders did it, right? Go back to San Diego. You can return.
1: Go back to San Diego. Because they, they, they put the blueprint out there to build a stadium now without a ton of public funding, which has always been the hang-up down in San Diego. Yep. Go back to San Diego. That's where you belong. They're probably on some uh, – their, their lease is probably, you know, 10 yeah.
2: years. But think the about NFL but knows that leases can be broken. But think about this, though. If you're the Chargers, you've got to go back to that stadium where the team that originally bought the stadium, purchased the stadium, won a Super Bowl there. Oh,
0: you're going to be playing your games under a banner. Oh, by the way,
1: you need to play – somebody else. You can, you can come play after we're done. Yeah, after we're the,
2: like they literally get to put their feet up and do everything that they want to do. They, they can they can sit in the, on the sofa, you know, with the underwear, you know, with the butt cheeks all on this on the on the on the, <laughs> the pad, and everything. And you got to come after that. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you're the charges like if you you already felt kind of like a second class citizen. But now you, you've got to. How do you go back to that place? Well, let me
0: ask you this. How do the Rams go back to that place next year? What do they look like? Because you, you mentioned a moment ago they pushed all these chips to the middle of the table. But see, I don't I – don't well, how, th- do how do you run this back? I
2: think you run it back just like you did because the one thing that they didn't do, they didn't mortgage all of their draft stock. They just mortgaged the first-round picks. And when you start looking at the players that they got for first-round picks – I think if you start talking about Von Miller, he's better than any first-round pick coming out this year. You start looking at at Jalen Ramsey, he's better than any first-round pick coming out. You look at Matthew Stafford, he's better than any first-round pick. So, yeah, you give up the first-round picks, but you still were able to build a team through draft capital.
1: Well, and isn't this question a lot easier if you're the Rams because you got the Super Bowl trophy. You've got the it's trophy. It's all worth it now. Right? Now it's gravy. Yeah, how's money now? Whatever happens yes. afterwards. House And money? there's a lot of there's a lot of people breaking down this whole Rams thing. Like, is Von Miller gonna be back? What's Aaron Do-? Like, okay, that's fine. But it's in the rearview mirror of a Super Bowl championship.
2: Yeah, they all got sized for rings today right before the Pareto, right. by the way. So you
1: you can have that question. And I think it's a good one from a purely from a football uh, uh, like deep like, what's that word I'm looking for? Like, the, the perspective of somebody that does a deep dive. Because Sean's right. I mean, you look at it. They, they, their future is going to be rocky, right? Because every year they're a year older, and whatever else they did, that draft capital ain't coming back to them.
0: Well, I'm looking at And if I'm reading this correctly, this coming draft, so this April.
1: They didn't only trade first have, round picks.
0: They have a compensatory third round pick, so that's the end of the third round. All right. And a fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. And one seventh round pick. Everything else was So trading. they've got an end of the third round compensatory. They have a fifth round pick, which, you know, they won the Super Bowl, so it'll be end of the fifth round. And they, and the end of the seventh. That's all they have this year.
2: Okay. But so let's look at what they do have. They've got potentially Von Miller, who they mm-hmm. can bring back. They've got Jalen Ramsey. They've got Matthew Stafford. They've got all the the, the key positions checked. Mm-hmm. And you've got Aaron Donald, a, a guy that's going to be the cornerstone. Who's coming back? I know right. they've been talking about he and Sean McVay. Are they going to come back? Of course, they're coming back because yeah. what's better than one Super Bowl, two?
0: So they they are right now negative mm-hmm. ten. Excuse me, negative ten million dollars on on the salary cap for next year. As they've they got a right lot now. of, d- they, so they look- got to have some guys play play nice in the sandbox yeah. and restructure. A little they got bit. a lot of
1: question marks. But yeah. again, I go back to it. All right, let's figure it out while we uh, look at this. You at least
0: run it back one more. Right. Like,
1: like the, for instance, the Bucs
0: literally brought back all 22 starters from last year. Yeah, this year. you figure so it there's, out. there, you, can, you at least run it back one more. You figure out. But they got to be careful. I mean, there's – yeah, they don't have an awful lot until 2024 in terms of draft capital. Absolutely.
2: That's not a big deal it's, as far as first-round draft picks. They're proving
0: it's not a big deal. It's but,
2: not because if you get the, the, the value for those first-round picks – then I think it's going to be worth it. I mean, I, I don't look at any of the the trades that they made, and you look at like, man, they they yeah. got they got fleeced in that. No, no, no. not a- at all.
1: Everybody they bought in, they hit mattered. on everybody. Mattered, yeah.
2: They no. hit on everybody.
0: All right, let me ask you about a guy who probably won't be there for the start of the season next year for the Rams. If we're talking about what they look like when they return next year, OBJ, OBJ, mm. and I wanted to get your thoughts on the whole turf conversation because after that, even during the game, players from around the league took to Twitter and just ripped the fact that the NFL still has teams playing on turf. And you see, uh, I think it was a 25% higher non-contact injury rate on turf opposed to grass, um, and a 60% higher uh, contact injury rate
1: on turf opposed to grass. So just your experience with the two. And before you answer that, I'm just going to say, if you're going to spend $5 billion on a stadium, find a way to get grass. Find a way to do it. There is a way to do it. I don't know. I'm not an engineer. Cardinals did it.
2: But do you out. have the space to be able to take that outside because that natural grass isn't gonna grow indoors. No. So Figure you're it gonna out. have to But do you have the space in LA, Mike? I, that's I, the that's the whole thing. That's
1: my point. You spend five billion dollars on
2: it and then you see what happens. Yeah, you I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't I don't I don't put that on the grass though. What happened to OBJ? Yeah. I, I think for one, he's had history of knees before. It's the same knee, it's the same ACL. So I'm saying like it, if you if you injure it once, then it's weakened. you you're you're prone to do it again. And I understand it's tough. It's frustrating. A guy that was doing everything right had already caught a touchdown pass in the game, but you can't all of a sudden now just want to go back and undo everything just because one guy had an unfortunate incident on that surface. I don't think the other what. 96 guys that were dressed out for the game were worried about the field during the course of that game. That's one of those, it's just the unfortunate part of it. You know what this game is when you sign up to play. So,
0: you play, did you play at the old vet in Philly? Yes, I
2: did. And then, so, first step that's the Astrodome.
0: That That, okay, in the Astrodome, that type of turf, that's that's, that's real Astro Turf, right? Now, that's carpet rolled
1: over concrete, yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. really,
2: just just a thin layer of carpet.
1: And, and it, at the vet, you had the seams because of baseball. uneven.
2: Same thing with the Astrodome. Yeah, so you're, same thing. But you're fine with today's turf. I'm fine because I have it out here. I have it at train station. Yeah. So I, you know, the, my guys, I always make sure that they're performing on the best surface possible considering the elements the fact that i'm indoors it's the best that i can give them while we're indoors i can't do anything more than that
1: Mm -hmm. you can't roll out the grass out front (laughs) in and out you know on a tray
2: (laughs) yeah no i I don't i don't have that kind of bread brothers (laughs) (laughs) i mean you know maybe one day down the road i could do that Mm -hmm. you know but i got to get a few more guys to come back in (laughs) well the cool thing
1: this whole story about obj like you're feeling so good for the guy yeah you know because again that's been you know you look at all the plots and subplots and uh, how this Rams team was constructed, mm-hmm. and you feel good about a lot of it. But for, for him, yeah. feel really, and then to see what he did to start the game, yeah, and then to, whatever the reason, the need. he was well on his way to be MVP of the game, well on his way, yeah. And then you know, for the highs of the highs, the so lows, you know, in the tears, uh, you know, it shows the emotion. Uh, talk about Dick Vermeil's tears, you know, <laughs> the emotion around all of that. How do you feel if you're Cleveland right now? <laughs> we not talked only. about was that. It,
0: but this is a whole other side of it. <laughs> no, Another reason but, to hate yourself.
1: Right. Well, we've already talked about it. So whatever we said two weeks ago when we brought up, you feel worse today. Yeah. I mean Because watched, whatever it was, he, he was not your problem. No. Well, we talked about them looking at the Bengals,
0: surpassing them in space. In-state thinking, rival. you got to hate yourself for that. We even talked about it and when then the you Rams
1: the, OB. the po- Right. You, but when they yeah. started the postseason, we're like, look at this. Yeah. Here's OBJ because he was making contributions balling. down the stretch.
2: Yeah. balling,
1: and then he makes a run in the postseason. Balling. Then he catches a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl, yeah. which his team finally won. Yeah. So and that was just an exclamation point on top of the carrot on top of the cake, whatever. Yeah. Like, he wasn't the problem,
2: Cleveland. You better dig deeper. So, for, so for OBJ, I think for one, he gets his reputation back from this this playoff run. I think he has officially gotten his name back in a positive light. When you start talking about reputation around the NFL and what kind of guy he is, he's shown that he can be a team guy. He's shown that he can still catch the ball. And he's shown to be a guy that is not a cancer in the locker room. With all respects, you know, I I probably should have used a better word. He's not, he's not a malcontent in the locker room. So, I think for him it was as big as any. It was as big of a run as it was for anybody on that team. With with Matthew Stafford, with 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 Aaron Donald, and mm-hmm. we'll get into that in a sec. There were so many guys that their legacies were hanging on the outcome of this game, and they the Rams were able to do a lot of 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 goodwill. For individuals and and what their lasting legacy will be going forward.
1: Well, and going back to the OBJ thing real quick, everything on the field, but you know when you talk about what type of person he is, go back to the NFC Championship game after that was over, and, he went and, and his interaction with Debo. Debo, you know, because, yep. because because the the Cleveland thing was like oh, he's a me 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 guy. He's just he's disruptive, whatever. No, nope. you know, and and to me that's not what you see from a guy that's li- that's You constantly like that.
2: don't see that. You right. constantly don't exactly. see that all year long. You don't see any of that. Exactly. Now maybe he was conscious of that and, and maybe he was doing it intently to, to get his name back I don't know yeah. but a lot of what I saw seemed very genuine to me exactly that was a, genu- a
1: genuine interaction yes it was like if he was over pat him on the shoulder pat yes. and look for the camera did you right. get this that right, wasn't right. that I no. don't think that was that at all uh, you brought it up MVP who's your vote <laughs>
2: Sarah Donald. <laughs> yeah, it's not It's, it's not Cooper it's, Cup. With all respect to Cooper Cup, I mean, because literally he and Matthew Stafford were the only weapons that they had left. Yeah, at the end of the game, it, second half? Th- it was it. I mean, it was th- the last drive. Mm-hmm. It was, I'm not Everybody throwing the ball. Everybody knew what was happening. To anybody else other than Cooper Cup, and you still couldn't How stop. How about it.
0: the fourth down, and you, and you run the end around to Cooper Cup, and he picks it up? You know what I mean? How about the no look on the fourth yeah.
2: quarter, the drive of your life, and you no look? Yeah, but I think for a lot of people who aren't in the inside of the NFL, they don't realize that happens all, all the time. All the time, guys do it all the time. You just hadn't seen it on the game winning drive. For the Super Bowl. So I think for Matthew Stafford, he went a long way in exercising some of his demons. How do you feel if you're Detroit now? You're looking at your former quarterback, number one overall pick, take see, another team to the Super Bowl in the first I think, year he leaves. I think
0: Detroit and I think Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland are two different things. Cleveland thinks they should be competitive. Detroit fans, and Gross, you speak for me. You're like, hell, we're never going to be there. So add a boy, Matt. So you know what here? I mean? I think Did
2: it's you one see of those. The shirt? Did you see the shirts that were sold in, in, no. in Detroit? No. Detroit Rams.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they, they, I love that. <laughs> Detroit. I In think, stores. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not speaking for everybody. It's a big city. No, speak but, for everybody. But Detroiters mm-hmm. in general, sports fans are happy for Matthew Stafford. I, I see, How could you not be? I, yes. How could you Detroit not Detroit was the second highest city in the NFL for TV behind ratings Cincinnati. behind Cincinnati for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They were watching Matthew Stafford. And he delivered. And he delivered. And they're like, see? And coach if anybody feels bad about it, it's not the Detroit Lions or Detroit family. fans. It's the Ford yeah,
0: family. Yeah, as they should.
1: Right? They should be embarrassed. Because you're, fe- you're, you, we talk about the team here. Like there's Coach, general manager, players, whatever. You can say that year in and year out. Things come.
2: The Ford family has owned this team since. Think how many great players they've killed, their careers they've killed. Mm-hmm. Barry Sanders. Megatron. Megatron. Billy Sims. Billy Sims. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. I, I, you know, the thing that I wanted to talk about, though, is when you start talking about legacies and, and Matthew Stafford, since we're already there, we'll get to Aaron Donald in a minute. I personally don't think that this solidifies him as a Hall of Famer. And a lot of people are like, well, this was the last piece that he needed to solidify a Hall of Fame career. I don't I can't get there. And I understand all of the 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 setbacks that he may have had with Detroit But when I look at Matthew Stafford as an individual, I can't get there for Hall of Fame. I can't get there with Yellow Jacket. Yes, he's a Super Bowl champion, and we'll never take that away from him, ever. But when you start talking about that Yellow Jacket, and I said this at the beginning of the show, I hold that place in highest regard. and. You can't give me hall of very good numbers and think you're getting into Canton.
0: So yeah, I mean, for me, it's well much. It's well beyond numbers. You know what I mean? To me, it's the museum, the Hall of Fame. For me, you have. Can I excuse me? Can I tell the story of the league? Just gonna say that. Can I tell the story of the league without bringing you up and you playing a significant role? And even after winning the Super Bowl, I don't know if he makes it to that part. And it may, and a lot of that may have to do with what you just talked about—the Detroit Lions killing some guys' careers. Oh, he I killed mean, a lot of Hall of Famers' careers. He spent you know all those years not being in the conversation and not being in the story of the National Football League. And in my opinion, that holds him out. In, to no fault of his own, but right. he doesn't play a giant role in his era of the NFL.
1: No, I, I always use your line, and it's it, it it's a it's an excellent line, and it, it builds upon what you said. It's not the hall of very good, and if you're talking about this era of the NFL, the whatever his first year is to whenever he ultimately retires, as of right now, you can tell the story of the NFL without mentioning yeah. Matthew Stafford. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah. he gets a mention, he gets he, a line, he gets a footnote at the right. bottom, or he's you know, right. But he. He is not, you know, the the consequential, you know, player that no. you're talking about in this era. Right. Y- y- he's just
2: not. Richard Sherman had one of the best tweets about this of all time. He talked about no MVPs, no All Pros, one Pro Bowl in twelve years, mm-hmm. one. And before this year, no playoff wins. So I, when you start talking about. He was never considered the top ten in any year or any decade that he's played. He was any year he was never considered one of the top two or three quarterbacks. Uh-huh. So how in the world is he Hall of Fame when you've got? One, I've got one Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't get in and you've only been thought of as a Pro Bowler once in your entire career. Granted, you did play for Detroit in a lot of the circumstances are 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 part of that deal that That's conversation but you know but one pro bowl like at some point you had to at least run it back again at le- give me two or three before we start talking about Ken well, Don't yeah. give me one you
0: know in the pro bowl when it comes to quarterbacks as well you got to also understand like who else was playing in that era in that era so you know the Brett Favre's of the world and go down the No not even Aaron when you Rogers. talk about yeah
1: there if you talk about Matthew Stafford he was playing second Drew fiddle Brees, in that division. Drew
0: Brees to, in that divi- in that conference. Drew but, but he and playing Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers the Kurt
1: Warners of the conference, Kurt right? Yeah. So I, mean, I he's, mean, Aaron Rodgers owned that division yeah. the entire time he was there. So Pro
0: Bowls, you know, yes or no? But one.
1: Yeah. You just well, got and, and then on the other end too, like even this year on a good team, who led the league in pick sixes? I mean, like he did the the numbers on the other side for him now,
0: are, are questionable. I heard I heard some people. Uh, I think it was Colin Cowherd making an argument for him fourth quarter his numbers in the fourth quarter this year were better than any other quarterback in
2: the league that's one year in the fourth quarter it's one year yeah but when you think about this year who were the top quarterbacks in the nfl this year matthew stafford's name is not one of them. no it's aaron Rodgers and tom brady thank you so even in the year that he wins the super bowl it's still not because of him right and you didn't even win super bowl mvp like at least give me something that that makes you distinguishable for from everybody else there's nothing even with this year that he had where he exercised a lot of demons you weren't the all you weren't you weren't an all pro you weren't a pro bowler you weren't super bowl MVP there's nothing about your play that says you stood out above the rest they said he's only got four players of the week in his 12-year career yeah think about that for a second no, he. Yeah. he I, well, and that's where my, does
1: this conversation start, though? Like, I mean, it's I, part of it is the Colin Cowards of the world just throw it out there because football's over. Now we got to have a conversation, right? Um, I, I, I just don't, I don't know where these conversations get legs. I guess is my point because
0: because of what we're, it, Well, you it's, have, it's you, you, we're
2: prisoners a moment. You have yeah. to talk about yes. something, yeah. and and the story of Matthew Stafford for this moment in time is a great story.
1: Eli Manning? Does he go in?
2: Yes. You can't tell the story of the National Football League without Eli Manning. Mike, we talked about this in the pre, pre, pre-show pre prep. Sean was late. He didn't show up for that. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the thing that's going to be next to his bus, his bus, mm-hmm. is that he beat Tom Brady a twice slayer. in the big game. Yep. He beat Tom Brady. He beat that guy twice in the biggest game and of the year. And he has
0: two of the greatest throws in Super Bowl
1: history.
2: Beating that guy Beating twice. Beating that guy Twice. Yeah. Not once, but twice. Right. Once. Okay, it's a fluke. Okay. One to
0: deny a perfect season. To Somebody to tweeted
1: it out this week uh, or right after the Super Bowl. He's uh, where, he, where he lands in like yards, touchdowns. Like he's See, top I ten. I don't care about any of that. Top, ten, top tens. But I'm saying yeah. at some point there's like a, a floor where you start the conversation. That's where that stuff comes in. But they're the playoff wins, the Super Bowls, and Super Bowl MVPs, which he has on the resume that Matthew Stafford doesn't, right. if it becomes a compare contrast, Right. Uh, he's twice been the Super Bowl because MVP. Because you,
0: you can look, I mean, again, and, and those catches. There are so many things that come into play in the NFL that aren't in play in other sports because it's the ultimate team game. Where sometimes your statistics that people want to hold up there are really out of your hands. For instance, Larry doesn't have a ring, but when he, ah, oh man, I'm going down that road. But you know, he he Three years there's from now. to no to, there's nothing about his career that isn't hall of fame. But right. he doesn't have a ring. John or uh, uh, Dan, Dan Marino. Marino. There's nothing about his career that isn't Hall of Fame, except he, but he doesn't have a ring.
2: But and he, was, he was always considered one of the top quarterbacks during right, the time. Right, right. You can't so, tell the story of the NFL without him. Without
0: him, ring. and you can't. You damn sure can't tell the story without, without Larry Fitzgerald. So to me, I take the stats and I just, I, you know, not, not completely. It should be part of the story. But if I'm talking, put it this way, if I'm ever lucky enough to go to Canton, Mm-hmm. There are certain players that if I'm walking through there and you I'm telling you got to go see them go because, yep. man, do you remember this? Do you remember that? Do yep. you remember this? Yep. So, I mean, guys like Larry Walter have Payton. to be in there. Walter Payton's got to Payton. be in there. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it, so you start to talk about like Aaron Rodgers. Right now, Matt Stafford and Aaron Rodgers have the same amount of Champions, Super Bowl rings.
2: You know what I yeah. mean? But one's got four MVPs of the whole. Yeah,
0: I, no, I agree. But, I, but that's why I'm saying you can't take one stat here, one stat there. It's got to be like, can, can I tell the story of the NFL without you? And if the answer is yes, if I can get through it, and I think right now you can get through the story of the NFL and not have a chapter on Matt Stafford,
2: then you're not in. So here, here's what former players and current players do, and I want you guys to go through this exercise with me real right. quick. Close your eyes, mm-hmm. and I, I'm going to say a name, okay. and I want you to tell me, Hall of Fame, yes or no. Okay. <sighs> Matt Ryan. No. No. Matthew Stafford. No. No.
0: Period they're actually very they're very even though Matt Stafford he has
2: an MVP yeah even he, though at, he at least has one year
0: where he was considered right. the best right and even though even though Matt Stafford finished the deal with the Super Bowl championship Matt Ryan and him are a very good comparison i mean those that's a good comp you just threw out there you know what i mean they're you, very similar well you
1: played against both of them what did you say
2: yeah i say neither one of them get in Because I I, I look at Matt Ryan, there were a lot of empty calorie seasons where he had a lot of numbers, but the team didn't do jack. Mm. And he didn't elevate that team to that next level. He's played in, what, two NFC Championship games. One, he lost at home to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, the other one, he, he won. Well, in the biggest collapse in Super Bowl history. Well, that's not all on him. I it's put that, not. That, that's not more on him. More coaching, in that, my that, opinion. That's more coaching, yeah. and, and that's more on the defense because there are other sides of the ball. There is mm-hmm. special teams and there is defense that contributed to that collapse, 28-3. to I mean, we, we, we will talk about that one forever and ever. Now, in that respect... We can. You can't tell the story of the NFL without talking about Matt Ryan because he was on the <laughs> opposite true. side. Uh, that's true. He was on the wrong side of that history. He's so. underneath
0: Brady's bus, which is going to be the largest plaque in the NFL's oh, history. Oh, my
2: gosh. Real Awful. Quick, real quickly
1: before we get out of here. We, this, the clock's ticking. The, we
0: can go as long as we want.
1: It's yeah, a radio show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. what I hear. Uh, Aaron Donald. Yeah, we got to get there. Got to get to okay. Aaron Donald. The
0: back-to-back plays he made to seal that game, B-Train, are just – and the and the well, and the tackle on third down and short with of the running best back, play I've seen. It's just one arm. It's it's incredible.
1: Well, well B train made a point during prep show time, prep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, that you missed. <laughs> wow! About the, the the play on the sidelines that that he started stunt, it all. It turned it into the incredible hole oh, when,
2: when he knocked when he hit, Burrow in the sideline and they got in his face. They got in his face. You 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 poked you, the bear. You tugged on no Superman's cape. You poked the bear, and from that moment on, it was over. Mm-hmm. It was all over, and. When I think about Aaron Donald, I've said he's the best player in the league right now to date. I'm not going to put him as the best defensive player I've ever seen. But my goodness, he has got to be in the conversation. When you start talking about what he's accomplished and the eye test, when I watch him rush the passer, it is poetry in motion. It's like listening to Tribe Called Quest electric relaxation (laughs) to me. Uh When I watch him rush the passer, it's like hearing that song. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. Or "Outcast," So Fresh, So Clean. When I Mm -hmm. hear those two songs, it makes me think of Aaron Donald rushing the passer because it's a thing of beauty. The The way that he was able to close that game out, third and one, he takes a grown man, pushes him back, and with another hand, stops another grown man from gaining a yard. Then he goes to the other side beats this guy like a drum and gets to Matt or, or, or gets to Joe Burrow and basically ends the game. Like, he did it in back-to-back weeks. He did the same thing against the San Francisco 49ers. He closed it out. He is literally the closer for the Los Angeles Rams. And when I start thinking about defensive players and their impact on the game, you can't go any further than Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor is the one guy that is clear and above everybody, in my opinion. When I, when I watched him play, he was as menacing and as much of a terror as I've ever seen on a football field. Like, I've never seen anybody dominate a game like Lawrence Taylor until I saw Aaron Donald. Now, he's not at Lawrence's level yet because he hasn't played in a, as many uh, games and he doesn't have the two Super Bowl wins like, uh, like Lawrence Taylor and he doesn't have an MVP of the entire league like Lawrence Taylor. But, my goodness, the man – is on a short list when you start talking about all-time defensive and players. And to
0: do what he does for playing on the inside, too, which I don't think a lot of he's people realize. He's and triple team yes. every, every play. single
2: play. And he still makes an impact on a game. You look up and you're going along. It's like, man, we hadn't heard from Aaron Donald. We hadn't heard anything from Aaron Donald. Then you look up at the end of the game. He's got eight quarterback pressures and he's got three sacks. Yeah. It's like, what, in the, what, what? How? When you know the game plan was to stop that guy
1: with three guys.
2: They got a little. I I almost think that that last that I mean excuse
0: me not the last touchdown the one that happened right out of halftime the seventy five yarder and well forget which wasn't a legal play we'll forget about that for a moment but you know I think that really that that was maybe the worst thing that could have happened to the Bengals and what I mean by that. Is in the first half, it was very quick. Get the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands now. Don't allow that pass rush of the Rams to dominate us. They hit that big shot, and it almost seemed like they thought they could get down the field all, yeah. all you know, every drive in the second half. And that's when they feasted on them. Yeah. I mean, they started trying to push the ball down the field. If they would have just had that same mentality as the first yeah. half controlled passing, get the ball out of yeah. Joe's hands now. Be patient.
2: Yes, I think they win the game, Mike. I'm gonna let you talk for. I'm gonna let you go as long as you want, but I'm gonna say this really fast. When we start talking about going back to Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford wasn't even the best quarterback on the field that day. Uh, Yeah, I agree. In the day that he won the Super Bowl, Joe Burrow was still a better quarterback than Mm -hmm. Matthew Stafford.
1: No, I. I, Hey, you know what? We're gonna keep this conversation going (laughs) because we don't have any real football for how many months now? Six. What are you talking about? The new league year starts
0: one month from Football, football today. Sixteen. Where they actually pad up one six month months. from today. We got six months, bro. You got oh. free agency. You got the combine. You got the the underwear Olympics coming up in two six, weeks.
1: Six months. But we do have uh, some stuff locally we need <laughs> to get to. Speaking of football, wow. yeah, we'll do that on the other side. You're listening to Train and Gross. We'll be right back. Train and Gross. So we talked about the Super Bowl. Yes, we did. And Now we got to focus our attention at home. And funny story. Our neighbors were out walking the dog. He's like, I see you in a tweet with Bertrand Barrett. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, no joke. And we're, we, I mean, we talk about stuff all the time like, hey, we got to get to you in that We got to get these trees trimmed or whatever. Right, He's right, like, right. First question out of his mouth What's B think thinking about Kyler? <laughs> Murray, wow. I'm like, Come on, dude. Did you see the name of the podcast? <laughs> right. Right. Goes, Ask me <laughs> what I think. He goes, goes I he, was there. He goes, he's like, yeah, what's Bertrand
2: think? <laughs> <laughs> That's messed up, man. I know. That's messed up. I love you. I would have asked what you thought.
0: Gross, <laughs> what do you think about Kyler Murray? Well, we gotta yeah. get into
2: that. I look. Yeah, what do you think about what Kyler? What
0: do I think Bertrand? about Go
1: ahead. I think they're both acting a fool. Speak, the floor is yours. Both on. sides are acting a fool. Yeah. I mean you look at it, you know, Kyler Murray, and you, you, I thought you hit the nail on the head last week because I think the question was what do you, as a as a guy who watched quarterbacks, what do you think of Kyler Murray? And you gave a long, eloquent answer that basically said he's an immature kid right now that needs mm-hmm. to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I may paraphrase. Mm-hmm. But then the Cardinals kind of like said, "Hey, I'll I'll see that and raise you one in terms of how they're handling this." Uh, and I don't always agree with Stephen A. Smith, and you brought this up during show prep about yeah. how, <laughs> you know, you agree with Stephen A. Smith. I do. Like, the timing is awful. Timing like, what the is, hell's the point? Why? And why, why does it
2: need to go public why at all? It, why did it need to go public, and why do it now? Like, if
1: you mess up on a job, fine. Like, take your medicine, but yep. you don't need to put me on blast in front of the whole wide world.
2: Yeah, and I, I think for Kyler, a guy that was, you know, he, he's got some growing up to do. You, You don't necessarily give him banter to actually you know consider his his behavior for yeah. and i think that knowing that he's going to be up for a contract extension yep. he's eligible now he's after his third season you can't you can't put that genie back in the bottle now nope. you've let that go and You've known him to be this all this time. Why are you bringing this out public now? Mm. It's not like he's all of a sudden morphed into this guy. This is what Colin Murray has been since the moment he got to Arizona. He hasn't changed. He's been true to himself. Yeah. So I don't I don't get why the Cardinals now are trying to paint their franchise quarterback in a negative light, knowing that you need this guy. Yep. Because if you get rid of Kyler Murray, what's your alternative?
1: Exactly. You need him really more than he needs you at this That's point. That's correct. The other thing that I didn't like about this is the, the, the whole story, how it came out about how other players were trying to reach out to Kyler. And like, but it's not none of the players are on the record. It's yeah. not. It's not like somebody, you know, I, I fill in the blank player. The JJ
2: Watt bit was funny. That 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 on Twitter, that was funny.
1: Yeah, but or
2: Instagram, whatever it was.
1: You know, the the whole you know everybody else is saying it too type of thing. No, doesn't, doesn't it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work. So you know, here's a team that ended ugly. No matter else what you want to say about it, you know, by by cardinal standards, good season, but it ended ugly. Mm. And now what? Because you've got that question. Plus, you've got a lot of other questions That's right. with the way it ended. Yeah. You know, you, your wide receiver room needs addressing. Uh, you've got defensive the defensive line. Your defensive needs- Chandler Jones unrestricted. And, and by all accounts, yeah, he's gone. Not a happy camper. Heard a report he might go back to New England. You, I you mean, can't go. why not?
2: He got a ring there.
1: You can't go home again. You can't uh, go home. So, you know, you've got a lot of questions. And to have to put the quarterback at the top of it for this team, I don't get it. You just didn't need it at this time.
2: The, the, the timing was poor. And... When you look at this team that was actually starting to trend upwards, yeah, they, you know, they've improved on their record every year under Cliff Kingsbury, regardless of how the season ended, because all three seasons have really ended ugly. You, you still saw improvement, and you still saw reasons to be optimistic exactly. about this team.
1: Well, and and I, you know, you talk about Cliff Kingsbury, you can't talk about Cliff Kingsbury and not talk about Kyler Murray, and vice versa. Because what the, they're going to did, be married at the hip.
2: Right. Why did they hire Cliff Kingsbury? Because he could go get Kyler Murray and he right. could have an offense that was built for his, his skill set.
1: So, you know, this whole idea that, well, you can move on from Kyler Murray. Well, if you mm-hmm. do that, then you're moving on from the head coach. Yeah. Because I don't know that that works with anybody else.
2: No, it doesn't. And I think for Kyler Murray, y- you think of – yeah, he could say he has options, but, you know, baseball is not really an option for him anymore. Pitches
1: and catches reported yesterday. Uh, no, they no, didn't. Oh, sorry. Yeah, locked
2: out. Scratch. But you know, when you start looking at, at these guys, you know, for this is when you start talking about marriages, for better or for worse, this is the for worse part that people really don't like to talk about right. when you get into these, these lifelong commitments. And this is something that they're going to have to work through. They're going to have to – come down with cooler heads and figure out how to play nice with one another because whether you totally are in love with this person or not, you're married until the contract says so. And right now there's about two more years left on this deal if the Cardinals wanted to, to say, hey, you're out of He can never,
1: legal. you know. What's it's? it's it, there's two more, two more years left on the deal, and there's a potentially another two or three with For the franchise way the CBA's written. Yeah. So you know, you're talking about five years, Kyler. You know, so seven really. Figure it out. Yeah. You know, and underneath it, you know, you heard some things like, you know, hey, we, you know, Cliff Kingsbury reportedly, you know, hey, I need to go back and figure out how I do a better job putting my player in a better position, right? Except, so I mean, that's the type of stuff that needs to be coming out. I mean, you know, let. Let people fall on their sword a little bit. Let people, you know, to your point, cooler heads need to prevail. You got, as we said before we went to a break, a long time before you play football for real. Figure
2: it out. Yeah, Mike, but how about this? How about just say nothing? How about just silence? That's fine, too. There's nothing wrong with a little silence. You don't have to be in the news media. To, to to be relevant we know you're relevant because you're in the NFL you don't have to make statements just to be making statements because this type of statements actually hurts your franchise more than it helps your Absolutely franchise it does. yeah I, people always say you know even bad publicity is good publicity I don't think so in this case because there's a lot of frustration around this team a team that started seven and0 and ten and two it, and and it's like the bottom fell out and that they couldn't recover based off of an injury or two DeAndre Hopkins and, and a couple other People uh, and they just seemed like they couldn't get off the mat. So I, I agree. Why? Why now? The timing just seems so poor. And I do agree with Stephen A. in, in the timing aspect of it. But w- what's your end game? If you're the Cardinals, what do what you? What are you looking to get from everything, going out there and, and selling his name?
1: Everything we just said. They know. They know. Like if you're sitting back, you own it. Your boss Hog, man, you own it all. Yeah, like, wow, he, boss nothing hog. he can do. Yeah. Right. No doubt. And so. Why, to your point don't say, don't say anything just say nothing and and internally and this is my question inter- i don't think it's on the quarterback to figure it out he's a third year pro like
2: you know he is to your point he's the same guy that you drafted he's the, the same people. guy that you drafted and let's just be real mike every year, again, we talked about this when he got drafted, every year he's walked away with some type of an award. Yeah. So it's not like he's no. doing a bad job. No, this isn't a Josh Rosen situation. No, <laughs> no. he's a rookie of the year and then a two-time Pro Bowler. I mean, you know, he does get recognition at the end of the year for, for his play on the field.
1: And it's not a head coach thing, I don't think. I mean, there are certain things that are, but big picture, it's not a, because this is a glorified offensive coordinator you got as the right. head coach, right? right? So when you talk about fixing this mess, I don't put it on Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Like, he can fix fix what he can fix yeah. and has to improve what he, and there's a lot he needs to improve on. Yeah. So it goes higher than that. Yeah. It goes higher than that. And I, I mean, you, you, it's got to, it's an ownership thing. And we talked about the Ford family in our last segment when we yeah. were compar- talking about Matthew Stafford, <laughs> right? The Bidville family is the one constant on this franchise since the beginning. Since 1898. Right? Yeah. So, that's where the buck stops. Yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's withholding bonuses from your coaches and do. That's not the message. That's no. not what you want to send. No, that's fix not it. it. That's you got not to, it at all. As an owner, you got to fix because you're swimming in cash if you own an NFL team. Correct. Like, you know, and I, you're like, it's your business, whatever. But it's not a money thing anymore. Before, like before they had the stadium. Yeah. Um. So you don't have any excuses. Yeah, I mean, F- we don't. We... And this is a once in a generation pick. You don't get
2: the number one pick in the NFL. Very often, no, and a Heisman Trophy winner, and, and yeah. with, with all types of accolades coming into his career, yeah. and then actually fix living it. up to some of the hype, you,
1: you, you got to fix it.
2: it. Yeah, you got to fix it, Mike. I, I, I was about to say, uh, you know, looking at the, at this team, I mean, I don't know, man. There, there's there's a lot of stuff that they have to work on, and and when I start thinking about how they're going to get this done, I, mm, I don't know.
1: No. There's a, when you look at it, uh, it's not like, oh, you need to plug a hole here or plug a hole there. Wide receiver room minus number 10, blow it up. Well, and, and blow
0: it we, up. And we just, we just talked a full segment about uh, a team winning the Super Bowl who happens to be in your division. And, by the way, the team that they beat to get to the Super Bowl – also in it's the your best division, division in football
1: so you so you're yeah. really even if it ended well you couldn't rest on your laurels no. yeah. and so now to have it go sideways like this no. yeah, that just ups the ante for them right but you, you you could go and we'll do this throughout the course of the off season because there's plenty of time for it but you know every position yeah. virtually yeah. needs addressing offensive lines got some issues
2: defensive uh, de- lines got defensive issues.
1: lines got some holes now
2: tight ends where are the tight ends on your, this roster your
1: cornerback you know they they were a fragile group i mean so you know, you got a lot of things to look at. You know, you, you got a center, you got an offensive lineman, you got one wide receiver, one tight end. And one tight end. Who's the rest older. of the rest of it? Mm. You got a lot of work to do. A, got lot, a lot of work to do. Work.
2: But you know, speaking of guys that's got a that's done a lot of work. I look at Sean McVay. I mean, I look at his coaching tree. His coaching tree Mike is expanding before our very eyes, and oh, it may be even more impressive than what we've seen from Bill Belichick. Because Bill Belichick is, is widely regarded as the best coach in NFL history. But the fact that you've got all of these recent hires from Sean McVay's coaching tree, it's, it's pretty impressive. Not to mention the guy that he just coached against in the Super Bowl.
1: Well, it, from what at what point, excuse me, does it go from your part of a coaching tree to your coaching tree, if that question even makes sense?
2: It is his coaching tree. It's Sean McVay's coaching tree. Because, I, I mean, they've got, what, th- two head coaches right now? Yeah. With the with the Bengals and then and uh, the, the Vikings now, I mean, it, the man's thirty six years old, Mike. He's already the youngest to go to two Super Bowls. He's the youngest to win a Super Bowl. He's the youngest to you know what I mean. Like he's basically the youngest to do all of these things, and he's already talked about retiring because he's already accomplished quite a lot in five years. So, the fact that he's already got a, a little bit of a coaching tree and 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 Things have gone really well for Mm -hmm. his assistants, i.e. one, he just played against one in the Super Bowl and beat him. Man, that that speaks volumes for his ability to not only recognize talent on the field but recognize talent in the coaching ranks too and and be able to find the right guys to get the players that he picks to to do what he needs them to do.
1: Well, and the other thing too with that is it's one thing to identify that talent, right, Mm -hmm. but then identify them and put them in a position – in this case, to win a Super Bowl and then to get a job and be viewed as a viable candidate mm-hmm. to go coach the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I mean because that a lot of times egos get in the way of these that's things, right. and uh, you know that can maybe stifle stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it, it's it's uh, very interesting, and uh, again, it's a long off season. Lots of questions here in this town. Lots of questions.
2: I mean, when I when I think about Zach getting a contract extension already in Cincinnati, that's impressive. Yeah. Well,
1: it, and, and you know that's part of the question, right? Because ten, go back to this team, ten and two. Yeah. And we talked about this last week when when we were breaking down the Cardinals before the Kyler thing was just coming up a sure. little a little bit after sure. the Pro Bowl. Sure. At ten and two, people were like, oh, you got to lock up Cliff Kingsbury." Mm. Ten and two, you were like, "Hey, when are you going to give Kyler that contract?" Remember when the Oklahoma? You're on free money with Kyler at this point. He's still in that rookie deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, when Oklahoma. Remember the they, Oklahoma coaching Oklahoma's situation? Oklahoma's going to come a-knocking, right? Now, you know, if, if either one of them get a deal right now, it'll be like, what the heck? What's mm. going on? Yeah. Like, it's crazy. It, it, uh, a lot happens in a month. That was December 3rd. They beat the Bears. Yeah. And look at how far it spiraled. In two
2: months. To where now the the, the, well, the quarterback has scrubbed his whole account, all his social media accounts, with no mention of the team that he plays for, that he's the court franchise quarterback for. And the other side is calling him selfish and, and not a great leader. Well, and it goes to culture,
1: right? Because you, you, played, you played at the Colts, you played with the Broncos, you played with the Cardinals. Yep. Right? And you talked about each one had a different culture. But yes, I, they do. I'm, and I, You correct me if I'm wrong, but I've known you for a long time, and we've talked a lot about this. Uh-huh the feeling, the expectation, the aura around the Denver Broncos, I'm guessing was a hell of a lot different than it was with the Colts or the Cardinals. Absolutely.
2: They they expected to win championships and and you saw the the ownership make moves that were championship type moves. They they did things to put themselves in positions to win championships. Not to say that the Colts didn't or the Cardinals didn't, but the the Broncos from owner all the way down to a casual fan, there was always an expectation of winning. And anything less than that was uncivilized.
1: And again, I lived in Denver for a while. You were much, much closer than I was, but it always seemed like Mr. Boland made the right moves and he didn't let stuff like this get in the way. He would have nipped it in the bud. No. He would have figured out, okay, what's going what do we gotta do? To, to shut this down.
2: It's all about relationships, Mike. Mr. Boland had relationships with all of the players. This man would go in the locker room and play cards with the players. He'd be out in practice and asking you about your family. Like those are questions that that make people feel comfortable and make people feel like you really care about me. It, it, it could have been something that was just, you know, what he was doing in the moment and he may not have remembered five minutes later, but the fact that he had the wherewithal to ask you in the first Mm -hmm. place and the fact that he was in on the sidelines to actually ask you that. He was there. He cared. And you could see him and you could touch him. You could have a conversation with him. Right. That made it so much better. And you talked about Al Davis, a guy that was constantly being asked to uh, do inner or to, to uh, introduce guys yep. in the Hall of Fame. That's not because of he's just the owner. That's because they had real relationships with him. Right. You don't ask somebody to do that unless you really have love for that person.
1: Well, and you talked about it too when you came here Mm-hmm. After you left Denver, mm-hmm. you picked here because Denny Green mm-hmm. t- said and did the right things to you as a player, but you also felt like you had an opportunity mm-hmm. to change the culture That's right. here. That's right. And and I was struck by, you, you put out a, a, a tweet uh, last week or the week before where you got your highlights mm-hmm. from NFL film. Yep. And at the very end, it was you with the, the NFC Championship trophy in that stadium. Yep. And it looked personal to you. It like, was very personal because that was something you told the owner
2: you were going to do when you came here, Mike. There's a but pit- how hard was that, though? It was hard. It was hard at first because there was there was opposition from places that I didn't think that there would be opposition from, if that makes sense. And I'm not going to go any further than that because I think some of those situations need to be left in the past. Right. But I will say it wasn't a quick fix. Right. It wasn't something that was going to happen overnight. It took us five years to get to that point where we could hoist a, a, a George Hallis trophy and, and say, we're going to the Super Bowl. The Cardinals are going to the Super Bowl. There were a lot of things that had to be addressed, and part of it was drafting different, Which Denny Green brought in, I'll forever be grateful for Coach Green assembling the talent first of all, then coaching up that talent. You have to give Coach Wizenhunt some credit for that. Say what you know how I feel about that situation, but I do have to give him credit where credit is due. He did coach that team up to get us there, and we had we were two and two minutes and thirty something seconds away from a world championship. So it it was what it was, but the fact is. If you build it right, it's something that can be lasting and something that can can uh, be around for years and, and for whatever reason they've gotta figure out a way to mend that relationship to make sure that they keep trending in the right direction. That two thousand four draft that Denny Green had. One for all time. The two thousand five was almost as good. Like when I think about the two thousand four draft class and free agent class, the two thousand five draft class and free agent class. Those were the backbone of that championship team. Those two seasons with the free agents that they brought in, because remember in 2005 they brought in a, a guy that was just cast away in New York by the name of Kirk Warner. Oh, by the way. Oh, by the way. And so you know things worked out with Kirk Warner. They brought in Chikako O'Keefer. Uh, they they were able to draft J.J. J. Arrington into a role. I mean the list goes on and on. Like there were some guys that were really solid contributors in those two seasons for the Cardinals that, that that were starters and and really had a hand in everything that went down as far as success in that time.
1: I always have to look it up just so I don't forget. Larry Fitzgerald, Carlos Dansby, and Darnell Dockett. Are your first three picks? And then you had Antonio Smith, and then I was going to go to
2: Antonio Smith. Yeah, free agents was yours truly. Thank you so very much. <laughs> wow. I mean, you know, what I mean, like it, it, <laughs> uh, it, it, he did a great job. Wow. He did a great job. I mean, you can't you can't hate on the man, Danny Green. He knew talent, and the way that he attacked the draft board was something that they still use to this day. And I think for Denny, he will always have a special place in my heart and I'll always give him credit for bringing me to the Valley and giving me an opportunity to be a leader and to be a guy that could could be the spark for change because without him and and, uh, Rod Graves uh, as the general manager, I'm not here. I know that for a fact. And I will forever be grateful for those two men really shaping a, a part of my career.
1: That's crazy to think about. Yeah. Crazy to think about. Yeah, what would, what would Sean and I be doing right now if that had been to happen?
2: Wow. I mean, you guys would know each other, but, you know, you wouldn't know me.
1: <laughs> wouldn't it just ate
2: some. I, you know what? We may not, not
0: even know each other because I met Mike Gross. That's right. I was brought on to help get your
1: show going.
2: Wow. You All those mean? years ago. 12 years ago. So,
0: we made none of
1: us. Wow. maybe yeah, We, were, out we were tossed together. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> like, the, 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 yeah the hell it's a podcast right we're sitting in the studio yeah like they just threw us in there <laughs> they sure did
2: let's go let's they figure it me. out
0: yeah matter of fact i was brought on to produce a show and then was told my first day oh and by the way you're also going to work with bertram berry go, and, go Mike work with those
2: two and i was like
0: oh okay no problem you know what i mean right. uh so yeah it was
1: here we are here, still
2: yeah 12 years later still yeah. kicking
1: yeah. look at us so i wouldn't know any of you guys
2: <laughs> wow <laughs> Well, thank you, Denny Green and Rod
1: Graves. Yeah, all that. To,
2: Rest in power, brother. RIP, man. Rest in power. Rest in
1: power. All right, well, we'll keep an eye on the Cardinals, unfortunately. Yeah, no. <laughs> this, yeah we have to. It's going to be an interesting offseason. It, it is. really is. This how is going to be – How do they mend these
2: fences? Look. Can it be mended? That's the question. It has to be. Well, it doesn't have to be. He could be traded because, I mean, he could take a hard stance like, I'm not coming back. All he we could do that.
1: We, 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 we can't talk about this now. We'll get it.
0: This offseason across the board in the NFL – I think it's going to be. It's going to be, be a lot of movement. There's going to be a lot of
2: quarterback like movement. A lot of quarterback movement. Like, Murray won't even. He might not even be the top five quarterback as far as movement to a new team. I mean, just think about that for a second.
0: Wow. I, and I'm telling you, the team that I think is going to go absolutely all in and make a move because I think they could be a Rams-type turnaround is the Denver Broncos.
2: There you go. We just talked about them. They, I'm telling they you. They make the right moves. But first thing they got to do, they got to sell the team. They got to get the they right do. They do. They
0: got to figure that out. And they got to get the you know GM and everything else figured out. And, you know, what's John's role going to be long-term and all that. But I'm telling you, from uh, the one thing the last regime has done, yep. that roster is ready to win right now. They're you are just missing a, a quarterback. Coaching a quarterback.
2: <sighs> so, you're telling me the coach that they hired from Green Bay and the – Special team coach that they're hired. Is, there's a lot of Green Bay connections, right. Green yeah. Bay connections. <laughs> so uh, mm. who's? Yeah, they're lacking a, a quarterback. quarterback.
0: Yeah, there's some just disgruntled guy is, too. It, is,
2: is there a quarterback th- from that is he available? team maybe. that that has had some issues with with the current team that he's with? Yeah, and maybe eyeing just, Ian, just you know, broke somebody up. The
0: problem is he just broke up with his fiance who lives in Boulder. <laughs>
1: Wow. apparently she does her own research yeah <laughs> wow Wow. she lives in well boulder done. so uh, well done yeah. uh if aaron well Rodgers doesn't play for the packers <laughs> here's what las vegas thinks the the chances of where he will play the top choice denver san francisco 49ers oh yeah he's, he's, that he's from of, he's from, from that area yeah. yeah and he loves his family what's the second choice Wait a minute. No, he no, doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> Second choice. Denver Broncos. Yeah. Right. Okay. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow. Whew, could you imagine? If Pittsburgh Tampa Steelers. Bay, if Tampa Bay goes from Tom to, to Aaron. Aaron Rodgers. How would Mike Tomlin and Aaron
2: Rodgers work out? I think they'd work they'd out work okay. Out. I think yeah. Tomlin could work Because you've already seen them kind of court each other. You know, they kind of gave each other a coy look when they played this year. Where you know they felt he forced Mike Tomlin That's to get right. a timeout and and yeah. they kind of gave each other the 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 I don't I don't want to say hungry guys because I don't want to put them <laughs> out there like that, but he he kind of gave him the you know hey you know I'm available you mm, know what I mean if, come come and get me you want me come get me
1: if Russell Wilson doesn't play for the Seahawks the top choices for him Denver uh, New Tampa, Orleans Tampa number one mm-hmm. New Orleans number two New Orleans baby. Uh Pittsburgh number three
0: it just feels Miami
1: four. <laughs> Raiders
0: five. Why they always got to do that? Those last the- two are not happening. Um, but it just feels like Denver. What Las ready. Vegas says? Yeah, it's what Denver. Feel, it feels like they're ready to do a Rams. Like, hey, here's all of our capital. Take it. We're but gonna, they don't really need we're to gonna do win, that though. We're going to win for the next couple of years. But they're,
2: they don't really need to do that. I mean, I think if you're the Denver Broncos, you don't really have to give up one of your young studs because no. the quarterback that's coming in is going to want that young stud. Yep. And he's going to want to try to win with said young stud, and you're not giving up a Patrick Sertain. I remember no. hearing some of the rumors like if there's going to be a trade, they're going to want Patrick Sertain coming yeah, back. No. It's like what quarterback is going to go to Denver, and Patrick Sertain is going no. the other it way. It's no going to be
0: one of those like three, you know, th- two first rounders, two second rounders. Like that's what I mean by back up the truck. They'll give up all the draft capital. But that, I'm telling you, that team has me as an a fan of a team in the AFC
1: West. All right, real quickly. Scared to death if they figure it out. Would you Would you trade right now? Would you trade Kyler Murray for Deshaun Watson? Yes. Yep. As long as
0: I can get some some con, some guarantee that they're not going to put them slap them on the commissioner's exempt list as soon as we do this. Yeah. Then I do that without even if hesitating. it's straight
2: up. If it's straight up,
1: yes. With no no. Even if you have to, if you're the Cardinals, even if you have to give a little something, it would be the other way around. Well, I'm just saying, like, to get to to the point about how bad it's gotten. Yeah. To, you know cuz the texans know that and what's yeah. his name bill uh bill O'Brien's O'Brien. not there anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: But, I mean, you know, the, the Cardinals and the Texans have had, you know, dealings right. before. Yeah. And, I'm, you know.
0: <laughs> Listen, if I'm somebody in, if with that team, I think we talked about this before, and I see a 480-623 or 602 area code come through.
2: Not even picking it I'm up. I'm not even answering that damn thing <laughs> if
0: I'm a Houston, <laughs> Texas front office member. Yeah, you
2: know, because you know yeah, Steve is somewhere like, in. man, it's me. It's your boy. <laughs> yeah. It's your boy. Come oh, on. Man. Holla at your boy. <laughs> I ain't trying to hurt you. I ain't trying to do nothing to you. I'm just, you know. I'm just just checking in on you. We're just talking. We're just talking. Yeah, I mean, you're me
1: again. That'd be a win-win, right? I mean, Kyler could go back to Texas. Deshaun Watson, get a fresh start. Yeah. Get reunited with DeAndre Hopkins. I
2: mean.
1: it, It does make too much sense.
0: Mark, but, you know, you just – Mark this so that if it does
1: happen, happen, we can say we talked about it like months before it happened. Mm-hmm. Wow. These guys are geniuses.
2: I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you, the the musical chairs in the NFL as far as the quarterback position is going to be very interesting in the next, what, two, three weeks? Oh, yeah, it is. Because, you know, Aaron Rodgers already said he's not going to prolong this thing past when uh, free agents become so available. because that's
0: March 16th.
2: Right, because yeah. he's he's looking out for his boy Devontae. He's like, yeah. I'm not going to do that to Devonte because I know – his decision is going to be based solely on what I choose to do. Yep. If I choose to walk, he's going to walk. But I'm yep. not going to put him in a bad spot he's if gonna, I know in my heart of hearts if, that I'm already. If done. Aaron
0: leaves, Devontae's is going to go play with his favorite college quarterback and his
2: best friend in Oakland or in Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. David or Derek Carr? Mm-hmm. I don't know why I want to say David.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, on the other side, we got some sports potpourri to get to, including mm. the Phoenix Suns. Let's do it. That's coming up next on Training Gross. Yes, sir. Rain and gross yeah oh sorry that's you when i point it's you i just like listening to the music in the background it's a vibe all right this is where we get into kind of just a quick <laughs> it's a relative term on this podcast yeah, it's fluid uh topics around the world of sports and uh, we mentioned it a minute ago but we'll uh-huh. uh, we'll we'll expound on that since we are in the home of the cactus league pitchers and catchers reporting date was yesterday no uh, not quite and i'm not even aware that they're having formal meetings
2: they're not uh, having any discussions talk
1: to a friend of mine who works for a major league baseball franchise Kay. um <laughs> They're just waiting on proposal- – I don't know, they like use carrier pigeons or something, send proposals back and forth. Why aren't they locked in a hotel ballroom somewhere or a conference room on the top floor of an office building somewhere just pounding the table, yelling at each other, doing what you
2: get it fixed, figured out. I think the owners are stalling. I think they want this. I think they want to try to squeeze the players and, and stall them out because they know right now the way that it works in Major League Baseball, the on- the players have all the all the leverage. And their union annually crushes the owners. And it's it's not even close. They have the best union by far in all the four major sports. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think the owners have finally tried to put their foot down. And I, I just don't think that the players are going to budge. I think at this point, they've gotten so much leverage. Why would they ever give any of that up? And And if they don't have baseball, could this sport survive? I don't know. I don't know, but, and, I mean, I think that's what we're heading towards.
1: And some owners don't seem like they care either. And, and that's my question when you see this in professional sports, when it's a lockout. Yeah. To be like, really clear, this is a lockout. The, the yeah. owner said, we're not doing business as usual anymore until yeah. we get some we're things squared away. So, yeah. Not this a isn't strike. a strike. This a is strike. a lockout. Exactly. And I don't think all the owners are on the same page. No. And so if you're not on the same player page as, as a group, how are you supposed to make a deal with the, t- the guys on the other side? Because here's what I'm saying. Right before this thing happened, we talked about it on the podcast. They handed out $1.5 billion worth of contracts immediately before they locked out the players. Yep. But it wasn't every team doing that. No. The Pittsburgh Pirates didn't do that. No. Right. The Tampa Bay Rays didn't do that. Kansas City Miami Royals. Miami Marlins didn't do that. No. The Royals didn't do that. Nope. Sure, your big city teams did it, some some other teams. The Arizona Diamondbacks, mm. they're a, the, the Arizona Diamondbacks are operated like a small market team. Yeah. They didn't hand out any money. Nope. So if you, you, how do you get the Arizona Diamondbacks on the same page as the Los Angeles Dodgers and the New York Mets? That, And then how are you supposed to make a deal if they're not?
2: Mike, and, it's and really so, the haves and the have-nots. Yeah. And that, that that's really what it basically comes down to. And, and the big markets have and the small markets don't. Because when you see a big market team with half of their stadium empty, it doesn't affect them as much as a small market. No. When the small market, a Milwaukee or a Tampa Bay, when they're half full, that that's actually hitting their pockets. The owners right. are actually feeling that squeeze.
1: Right. And you know, you look at some of these t- Like if you, I can't even like the Tigers have been bad for a, a number of years here, but but they've had success. They've had cycles, right? In my lifetime, they've been to and won World Series. Yes, right. And uh, you know, the the the, Bron- uh, the 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 Tigers. Excuse me. Remind me of the Broncos because Mr. Ilich owned the Tigers, and then he passed away. Right. Once he passed away, Things it's been kind anywhere. of on a slide. Yep. Um, and you know I, I hope they get it figured out just because I, I, I left a lot of Detroit behind me. I'm still a Tigers fan mm. to this day. Yep. Um, but they, they lately have acted like a small market team, and it's frustrating. If you're a fan in those cities, to your point, why are you buying a ticket to go out to the game? No, because they're not competitive.
2: They're not trying to put a competitive no. product out on the field. They're trying to bring a team that, that will – everybody's trying to – you're either going to be the Yankees or you're Baltimore.
1: I worked at a company where uh, the, the, the the big up, the higher ups, the muckety mucks, they, you know, employee uh, appreciation, they'd get tickets to the sporting events yep. in town. Yep. Season tickets. We yep. had season tickets to everything. Yep. And people were stoked. Do I get the Cardinals tickets? Yeah. Do I get the Cardinals tickets? Yeah. And obviously there's not as many. Mm-hmm. Couldn't give away Diamondback tickets. <laughs> Literally couldn't give them away. Like, I wow. mean, that was the thing. We'd give away. Hey, good job, Sean. You get some Diamondback tickets. You're like, yeah, I'm good. Eh, I don't want to go to a Diamondbacks game a Tuesday night in August to go see them play. whatever junior has a concert yeah like um you know so baseball's got some big issues and i don't know how not playing helps you and then to to make it even worse here in arizona it's big business from february till whenever the season starts end of march first april yeah big business and not gonna be not not happening yet
2: mike just think about how much money the city of phoenix is gonna lose because of all of the the the, the people coming in from out of town Absolutely. looking to see the Cactus League. Yeah. And the fact that these teams aren't going to be at these different arenas, you wonder, are these people still going to come to Phoenix? Are they still going to come for no. the weather? Or, or are some they, will. Some will still come for yeah. the weather, but you're not going to see that uptick in the economy like we usually see and what they're counting on right. each and every year in in you know the, the Phoenix area because uh, if you don't have that, then I think some of these businesses can could really feel a squeeze this year.
1: Right before the pandemic started, so that would have been back in the spring of twenty twenty. Yep. I used to travel for work and I'd be up in the Bay Area every now yep. and again. Yep. Flying back in March, mm-hmm. right before the literally right before the pandemic started, on a Friday, the plane was full of people wearing giants hats coming yep. down to town. Yep. Right? Excited. And then the next day, the Saturday, I was doing a radio show and we were at the uh at the stadium in Scottsdale. Yep. And I probably saw some of the same people in that stadium that were on the airplane with me. So to your right? point, no. Like if you're if you're in San Francisco, putting on your Giants hat, getting on a Southwest plane, you're coming to watch your beloved Giants play spring training baseball in Arizona. If you want to go to the desert, just drive down to Palm Springs. You don't need to come all the way over here. There you go. So, but do some people come? Sure, because it gets cold up in wherever, yeah. like Indiana or Illinois. Chicago, sure. yep. Get out of the yep. snow, come yep. down here New for York. a while. But Cubs fans, nah. Like the hardcore baseball fans, ain't coming. No. So, uh, uh, it's, it's sad. Speaking of not sad, Phoenix Suns playing their final game before the All-Star break. They're beating the Houston Rockets right now uh. as we record this. Sorry, but just that was for context on Not the Rockets, It was, it was not, simply for context. And <laughs> uh, this team, man, like, you, know, you talk about all it's this. They're steadily rolling. And, well, we were talking about the NFL, right? The, they had a, the drama, but no drama. Mm-mm. Like, these guys just go about their business. They are, <laughs> every time we do this, the winning percentage goes up. They're 47-10. and 10. That translates to an 83% winning percentage. Wow. 83% of their games, they're winning. Can they Monty Williams to get a coach of the year, please? Can he? Can we get some starters in the All-Star game? I Make mean, all can, of it. Please. Like, but I don't think that bothers them. If it does anything, it, it kind of maybe them.
2: motivates them a it little bit. It does motivate them.
1: Do you still feel, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about this, you said the matchup we're all waiting for is Phoenix and Golden State in the,
2: in the playoffs. Does, has anything changed there? Nothing. I think it's solidified. And I think for the East Con- Eastern Conference... Well, don't do the East Conference yet, because i got a question on no, that Okay, part. so when you talk about the Western Conference, who else is of note in the Western Conference? I mean, we always talked about how deep it is, but when you start thinking about the recent history with the injuries of some of the star players and those other teams in Denver, yeah. uh, in Utah... Those teams were really top heavy. Like they didn't have a lot of depth on their team. Right. They had the two, three stars, but there wasn't a lot of substance after those stars. And once they went down, it was pretty much slim pickings. But the the Phoenix Suns have figured out one. They 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 were able to get some help for DeAndre Ayton. That's one with Javale McGee, you know, to and then Frank Kaminsky because Frank Kaminsky got dominated in yep. the finals by 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 Giannis, Giannis and, yep. and you know, we 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 know how that worked out but the fact now that they have that help in size and rebounding now to go against some of the bigger stars in the NBA they they look like a complete team Mike and and he is he is as as blended in, you know, effortlessly. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those guys that he already kind of understands who his role is, he understands his assignment, but I think he flourishes in that role and and you've seen this team really kind of go along business as usual from what they were last year.
1: Suns five and a half up on the Golden State Warriors heading into the All-Star break, the Eastern Conference. Mm. Now with the trades and everything that happened, because it was pretty quiet here, like a a few cosmetic moves. Hmm. Uh, we're we're just waiting for Brooklyn and Philly, right? That's got to be the Eastern Conference. Uh... Don't forget
2: about Milwaukee.
1: I mean, no, it's I know, not... I, I get that, but it's got to be Philly and Brooklyn now. No,
2: I Mike, I am not next to dis- Sixers. I am not, me. I am not disrespecting Giannis and and what he's doing because remember he just put up a fifty piece with ten re- or ten hey, uh, assists.
1: He been there, done that, man.
2: This is been what, there, but okay. this is what we're waiting to see. Yeah, I understand. I mean, we know the drama of the Nets and the Sixers and the big trade. That Must just see went TV. Down. I. The thing that intrigues me is what is the relationship now with James Harden and Kevin Durant? Because I think Kevin Durant has allowed Kyrie Irving to sully the relationship between he and James Harden. I think James Harden was at a point where he just, he wanted to go upside Kyrie's head and just be like, dude, we came here to... Win a, to win a championship, and you're not holding up your end of the bargain. What you're doing is incredibly selfish, and you drug me in this. I'm not going to stick around for this if you're not all the way in. you got one foot out and one foot in. And I, I'm, I, just, I, you and Kevin both have rings. I don't have a ring, so you guys can play with house money. I need to go try to win this thing now. And the fact that he was willing to – to to break that up and and go get back with Daryl Morey who yeah. was his general manager with the Houston Rockets yeah. it just kind of seemed like he was kind of angling towards this all along
1: yeah absolutely and meanwhile uh, top of the East Miami, Milwaukee Miami or Miami yeah Miami right now
2: they, no they, they don't no, pass, do they no I, no I I love how they play and they play hard for Eric Spoelstra and, and Jimmy Butler is a fellow Texan so you will never hear me say anything right. negative about Jimmy Butler but I don't. I just don't think that that team no. has the firepower power. To, to maintain and and really go through the gauntlet of the top echelon of the Eastern Conference.
1: And then, lastly, before we get out of here and uh, right around the corner, we've got uh, pump the brakes and dad jokes. Oh yeah, uh, you know I'm ready. College basketball. Sean said something to me last week when we. I don't even know if we said it on air or if we were breaking down the equipment or what something did I like say? that. I'm sure it was about it was the Arizona very... Wildcats. Like you sit there and you watch this team. Oh man. And you know. uh, all of a sudden, they're up by 20. Like, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. This week, they were at one of the Washington schools. I think it was in Seattle against the Huskies. And I was flipping around the channels. Mm-hmm. And they were losing, like, by 20, 20 to 10 or something like that. I'm like, oh, well, uh-huh. here's the letdown. Right. I came back in the second half. They were winning by 30. Oh,
2: they can turn it on they at they any moment.
1: They just overwhelm you. And, again, their
0: bench is as good as many teams starting five. Yeah. And and so, when you have to go to the
1: bench – and they're it's playing it's it's over. And I'm sorry and, and this is so easy and, and and maybe even borderline lazy but it it works for me. They're they're pattern That what they're doing because of who Tommy Lloyd is after Gonzaga. They they feel if you would put Gonzaga uniforms on these dudes, you would say, "Okay, yeah, that works for me." Cuz are there's no superstars, there's no there's some really good players, and what'd you say? Got a center that could comes off the bench for Arizona. Have a backup
0: center that could go play a ninety percent of ro- start on ninety percent of rosters in the country.
2: And so I, I look at I look at the Arizona team, and I actually, Mike, I'll see your Gonzaga, and I'll raise you to Golden State because I think Golden State actually set the blueprint for how to do this by having that deep bench Mm -hmm. when they built the dynasty you had the barbosas you had the sean livingstons you had these guys coming off the bench and andre iguodala coming off the bench and and that second unit used to just blow teams off the floor they would get to that third quarter or, or right right before the fourth quarter and they would just run away and hide from a lot of the teams because their bench was so much more adept to to maintaining that high level of play than their than their counterparts and and I, I think you're seeing that come to fruition in the college ranks with Arizona. Yes, it's a lot like Gonzaga, but I I, I look at the Golden State Warriors and what they were when they had the Splash Brothers and and mm-hmm. you know they were good. Those you didn't think of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson as all-time greats, you know, to go with a Draymond Green, but they were all solid players. They were yeah. good players, but they're they're six through ten was so much better than everybody else's that they just overwhelmed you with, with depth. I bookmarked Joe Lennardi
1: at ESPN, the Bracketology, and he mm-hmm. updates a couple times a week now. So he's got uh, the Big 12 with seven teams in, the Big 10 with seven teams in, the Big East with seven teams in. Pac-12, uh, they're at four, which mm-hmm. for the Pac-12 is Not bad. Uh, it's above average for for where they've been uh, the last couple years. So we're getting to the, the, the nitty-gritty time. Yeah. And, uh, Last thing before we turn it over. Mm. You were right, as usual. What's that? Jim Harbaugh got a contract today. <laughs> and they're not even calling it an extension. I mean, technically it's an extension because he got yeah. more years added on it. Yeah. But what it is is a, I'm doing air quotes, reworked uh-huh. contract. Yeah. And, and, and the athletic director saying all kinds of nice things about him.
2: Yeah. So, listen, when you talk about taking a guy's contract and cutting it in half in his alma mater, he is going to feel some kind of way. And Jim Harbaugh played it beautifully. Now his team backed him up mm-hmm. because they went out and performed for him. It's the only way that was going to work. They gave him all the leverage in the world, but make no mistake about it. That 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 sham of an interview to Minnesota. I don't think that was ever going to have any legs. I think it was always about, hey, uh, I'm going to go over here if you guys really aren't going to commit to me, but. He was so pissed off Jilted that they lover. took his money, and he wanted all of yeah. it back and some, and he got it.
1: And he he made his point, and and uh, it's out of his system now. He's going to do what he does,
2: and now he's going to be go big blue and 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 you know be yes. the be the face of his program once again.
1: As a Michigan fan, also I got to say, is beat Michigan State and Ohio State in the same year. You'll we'll be, be good. We'll, we'll be, be good. good yeah. You know? yeah, all right. All right, that's going to do it uh, for this part of the podcast. On the other side, Mm. pump the brakes and dad jokes. That's coming up on Train and Gross. So I was reading this. um, Somebody who has a podcast, and I wish I knew who it was, they also put out their own playlist. Okay. So during the dog days of summer, when things slow down a little bit, we gotta do that. We too. will do our po- the training grows podcast. All right, all right. That's and we'll idea. each pick like four songs each. So what's that? That's twelve songs. I don't know how long does pl- what's a how long does that last? Like, do you have 12, 15, 20 songs? A playlist
2: can be endless, Mike. Yeah, what are you talking? Yeah, but I mean, if we're gonna put one
1: out and tell people to listen to it, like, no. can, I mean, I think it? you give them, I think you give them fifteen to twenty solid. This me, has got to be my hours. point. My, is this has got to be on it. Is this available on Spotify? No.
0: Apple? No. This is a royalty-free track.
2: There you go. That <laughs> funds me out, man. I mean, you know, I could throw some bars on top of it if that's what, you, <laughs> that's what you're you looking for. We could, we but if you're going to have a it. Train
1: and Gross podcast playlist, yeah. doesn't this have to be on it? Yeah, of course. This would be the yeah. first track. Yeah. yeah. So we could put it on there. Yeah. What I, ask. I don't know where you're going with this. Yeah. All right, so. Well, we'll do
0: it this summer. It's time for Pump the brakes. I'm going to give yeah. you guys some uh, topics, some statements, really. You tell me if you're pumping the brakes on that statement or if you're rolling with it. Um, where do we want to start? Let's start with the local football team. So, mm. Todd McShay. Todd, Todd, Todd. Uh, Todd McShay put out his post Super Bowl first mock draft. Got the Arizona Cardinals picking 23rd overall. As you know, he has them going with Florida State's outside linebacker, Jermaine Johnson, the second. The biggest need for the Arizona Cardinals entering this offseason is a pass rush. Pump the brakes or not?
2: Uh, pump the brakes. To me, I think you need another weapon outside of DeAndre Hopkins. You gotta give Kyler Murray a guy that you if you're gonna kiss and make nice with, you better give him some weapons, something that he can feel good about because the one thing that we saw, and it was glaring, is that there was really no, no depth at the wide receiver position. It was DeAndre Hopkins and a bunch of guys.
1: Totally agree. And, and, and that wide receiver room was really a, a microcosm of this team. You know, DeAndre got hurt. A.J. Green was Jump. a nice story for a little while. Mm. But, you you know, you look mm. at what how that ended up. Mm. Christian Kirk is not a two. I mean I love the local angle, good dude. Seems like a nice guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, somebody had there with the destination where he's gonna end up as a three in Detroit. I mean
2: Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
1: no, I'm with you. You gotta you gotta address the offense offensive side of the ball. That doesn't mean they don't need some help. But if I had to make a choice I mean, right I you lose
0: now. Chandler Jones. You got an aging J.J. Watt. I didn't say
1: they didn't need help. I'm just saying if you made me pick Same. right now,
0: it would. And I agree 100% with both of you guys, but it's, yeah. de- it's definitely up there on that list. Uh, okay, a couple of teams throughout the NFL are trying to replace legends at the quarterback position. Mm. The Saints trying to figure it out. The Bucks all of a sudden are going to try to have to do it. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are trying to replace a legend at the quarterback position as well. So pump the brakes or not. Of those three, Pittsburgh will win a playoff game first. Oh,
2: uh, pump the brakes. <sighs> Go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think with the... The Pittsburgh Steelers, I think their division is not their division anymore. It is officially the Cincinnati Bengals division until further notice because mm-hmm. Joe Burrow and company are the best assembly of talent that is in that division, and you still can't sleep on the Baltimore Ravens. So I think they go from last year being the best to now being neck and neck with the Cleveland Browns. And who knows, based on how the Cleveland Browns play, their talent is a little bit better on their roster.
1: I look at it the head coach of each of those. Saint who'd you say Saints Steelers Bucks. Saints, Dennis Allen, Steelers, new guy in, in New Orleans, so he's out. Yeah. Then you gotta make me decide between Bruce Arians and Mike Tomlin. I wonder about Bruce Arians' long term. I do too. Well.
0: I almost thought when Tom hung it up. That he was going to have an announcement right after that. And
1: would you be surprised if we come in to do this podcast next week, next month? If he does, if, if
0: yeah, because at this point you're so late in the game in terms of the hiring process
1: and whatnot. I think he set it up. They, one would, of his they guys, would hire it
2: within. They set it up for so? one of
1: his guys, and that would be the. Hey, it's so late. Let's just give it to. And you got a hell of a list there where you could Byron, Byron.
2: yeah, he's right there. Or you could give it to Todd, who's already Todd, had head coaching experience. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Either, Either way, there's or, or set. Mike
1: Tom- or Mike Tomlin. And I 100% agree with you about the AFC
2: North. But man's never had a losing season. I, I, Mike Tomlin's going to figure it out.
1: He's
0: a top three coach in the league. It, it's you
2: give him, you give him a quarterback so that I'm, can move with the defense that he has. Yes. Yeah.
0: I don't know if I'm pumped the brakes I'll or not, I, make, mine, make mine Pittsburgh. See, I, So me too. But me you too. look at the roster of Tampa put, Bay, and you're and yeah. you
2: throw in a quarterback. Yeah. With Tampa Bay's roster that they have they're presently, to, they're ready to win now. They're. They, yeah. We, we just teams. saw them host the Lombardi trophy yeah. a year ago. The
0: yeah. Saints not maybe not so much. They're in they're in, they're in salary. They got cap. a lot of hell. Yeah. they got a lot of The work. Bucks and Steelers are right there with the Broncos where hey you just replace a quarterback and you're right back in the conversation again. And so
2: we're not done with that carousel because yeah. there's still a few you know, yeah. The
0: anyway. Kansas City Chiefs at plus seven hundred are tied with the Bills with the best odds, this is according to FanDuel, to win next year's Super Bowl, pump the brakes or not.
2: That what? To win the Super Bowl.
0: Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills tied to the best odds. I'm not
2: pumping the brakes. I mean, we just saw that basic championship game. In the divisional with, round. In the divisional round. We saw that with these two teams. When you watched that game, you said to yourself, if you don't have a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes, you don't really have a chance to right. win in the near future like not just next year but the next five six years and because those guys aren't going anywhere
1: who who's the favorite was it kansas city then Ken- buffalo kansas city
0: and buffalo are tied at plus 700 they're followed by the rams who just won it uh the yeah. rams are tied with the cowboys oh, for the second best on. odds don't even followed by the 49ers and pump Packers the
2: brakes on the cowboys just, who are just all in on pumping the
1: brakes on the Cowboys? <laughs> no, I, I go with that
0: i'm shocked that they've got the 49ers with the same odds as the Packers for next year, considering their quarterback situation, they're they're 99 going to be starting a quasi rookie next yeah. year at quarterback.
2: Who? San Francisco? San Francisco. I have. I don't think so. Who I do don't they, think. Who do they start? I. You think Jimmy G's rolling it back? I know. No, I don't. But so, I don't think that they're going to give it to Trey Lance either. So then, who, where are they going? I think Aaron. they go free. Yeah, Carousel. I, I mean, look, there's it's going to be musical chairs, and if you're Kyle Shanahan. You haven't really done this with a, a young there, quarterback. So. Yeah. Every time that you've had success, and even though you've blown leads in big games, you were in big games. And you were in big games because you had veteran quarterbacks. So I I just don't see Trey Lance as that guy. I see him as a bargaining chip. Maybe to go get somebody else. Somebody that maybe was once upon a time – from the area of you California, think, San you, Francisco.
0: You think it's a coincidence that the 49ers and Packers have the same odds, according to Fanduel?
2: Yeah, because they're both depending mm, on the quarterback. Bum, bum, bum. They're both—they both got their eye on the same potentially quarterback. the same quarterback. Yeah, what I'm getting at. It's yeah. like it's, it's like uh, what was that? Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney? Yeah. The quarterback is mine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's revisit those odds once the, the carousel card stops card spinning and see how it shakes out.
0: Uh, Bengals and Ravens are tied for the following them, and the Broncos come in after the Bengals and Ravens to make the top 10 in this list. Wow. I'm telling you, it's a fan of an AFC West team. They scare the hell out of me. That but if they miss run. on
1: the quarterback, what happens to those numbers? Straight exactly. down the, the universe. They're, they're, they And there's always going
0: to be a Bengals team.
1: Yeah, you know absolutely. I
0: mean? That maybe doesn't yeah. make their run to the Super Bowl, but puts themselves in the conversation for sure. Uh, James Harden, you guys talked about that trade in the, in the previous segment, so pump the brakes or not. This is being said and discussed around social media areas. James Harden's inability to stay on a roster is becoming a bad look for him. Pump the brakes or not?
2: I don't think it's a bad look. I don't think he wanted to go to Brooklyn anyway. I think he saw it as a a great plan B when he didn't get get to go to Philly because he wanted to go to Philly. Like Everything that he said and everything that he's done up until this point has said, I really wanted to be in Philly with with Daryl Morey. The fact that he didn't get his way at first because, think about it, if Daryl Morey had just left Houston. Who was Houston not going to do business with? Mm -hmm. They weren't going to do business with Daryl Morey, the guy that just left their organization. So they weren't going to send James Harden to Philadelphia. They weren't going to give him exactly what he wanted. So to me, as I look back now with the information that I have now, James Harden always wanted to be in Philadelphia. He settled for Brooklyn because they – you're playing with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I yeah. mean, if you can make that work, get a championship out of the deal. Hey, why not? It's kind of like Kawhi Leonard, his last year in in Toronto. Yeah, yeah let's make it work, and, and you know it kind of did.
1: I don't think it's no. <laughs>
0: Did I pump the brakes? You did, because the statement was it's starting to become a
1: bad look on no, him. No, it's not a bad look. So pump the brakes. Hey, do
2: it again, just because I wasn't paying time. attention. And we talked about this. If LeBron James gets a pass, yes. being on four different teams, then James Harden can get a pass for being and, on four different teams.
1: And particularly the way this one went down, where he low-keyed it. Like, you know, the, it was the drama around him that was making the move, and Philly had to make a move, and he just happened to be the guy to come in and fill the
2: void. Well, both teams needed a, a re- yeah, restart. But the way,
1: well, the way it set up, yeah. This was it, it. Was presented as a Philly move. Yeah. And oh, all right. Well, yeah. Take, we'll take Harden off your hands. You take all these other guys. Yeah. My man. son-in-law included. Wow.
2: <laughs> I mean, how do you, man? But you know, this is the guy that didn't resign his own son, though. Exactly. Austin Rivers ain't a part of the <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles either. So yeah. Hey. Just <laughs> business. Business. business just man. business.
0: Uh anybody got 450 grand just lying around right now that they can uh, they can spare? No. Anybody know? Uh well, it depends. If, if you do what are we doing with it? If you do, mm. you can take a trip no. via Virgin Galactic to space for 90 minutes. No. Pump the brakes or not. You have any interest in, in going to space in your life.
2: And uh, how did how do they do it in Detroit? Pump the brakes. There go, Mace. Never in your life you guys don't ever want to go to space? Not no. for 450 grand. Not for
1: 450. <laughs> but if you said that if you price will come down. If you came in right now, if you came in right now and you said, yeah. hey I just won three tickets to a trip in space. You guys want to go with me? I'm
2: going with. You. It's go not that I don't want. to I go honestly well.
0: think this would be the group I would take. It'd be fun. we
2: <laughs> Oh, I would have, have a so blast.
0: Okay. Dad yeah. jokes.
2: All right. Did, hey, wait. I'm a minute. Out of here. That's it. I'll see you guys. Uh, <laughs>
1: you, get, you remember the? Uh, you remember the uh, Lonely Island with uh, T Pain at the very beginning? Hey, look at this <laughs> boat trip for three. Who should I take? That's what I thought of when you said that, that you yeah. coming in here, you take, you take me and B-Train yeah, up to space with times. you.
0: Yeah, uh, good times. Apparently, the down payment, you only have to put down $150,000. Uh, only 150000 Yeah, and it's, yeah. You, you get to go with four people at a time, so they'll take four people at a time, 90 minutes. Your max speed you're going to hit on the way up there,
1: 2,600 miles an hour. That's kind of like going on the one-on-one with B-Train. Wow. <laughs> it's
2: not far off. Hey, <laughs> I got places to go, people to see. Get yeah. out of the way if you're in front of me.
0: Yeah, so there you go. If you want a Virgin Galactic, you get a nice little, like, jumpsuit suited for you. You get training, all kinds of stuff. 450 400
2: grand's all caught. You better give me an asteroid or something to take home for 450 <laughs> grand. I need something. I'm leaving with something. Yeah. I'm like my man Denzel. I'm leaving with something. <laughs> Don't give me no little no button for my shirt. I'm, I'm from around the way. I'm leaving with something. <laughs>
0: That's your pump breaks today. <laughs> Love it.
2: Time for dad jokes? I was waiting
1: for uh, what, what flavor Mountain Dew or something like that. <laughs> That's usually what happens. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Usually there's always a new item out there, but this yeah. time we're going to space. Uh, okay. Mm. You guys know how this is going to work. It's mm-hmm. time for our dad joke of the week. No matter what, once mm-hmm. B-Train delivers a joke, he's going to get one of these. Okay. Now, if it's a good dad joke, <laughs> you're going to hear the laughter. Uh, if it's above and beyond, we're all going to tell our friends.
2: And there's always that chance that it just doesn't land. Okay. All right. So where are we going? All right. Here we go. Have you heard about the pregnant bed bug? She says she's going to have her bed. She's going (laughs) to damn it. No, wait. No, no, no. Let's That's go back. just for the delivery. No, no That's just Mike, for the Mike delivery. Mike threw me off. That's just, threw me <laughs> off. <laughs> what did Mike do? It's
0: just for the delivery.
2: No. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again. He's killing me over here. All right, here we go. This is for real. Mm. Have you heard about the pregnant bed bug? I have not. She decided to have her baby in the spring. That is That is good. <laughs> that is good. <laughs> What did Mike do? Oh. What did Mike do? It was good. Oh, you're killing me, man. You're killing my presentation. I mean, I'm over here trying to stay serious, and you're already laughing. I'm like, come on. Hold up. Let me get the joke off first. What did I do? I don't know. I'm just sitting
1: here minding my business.
0: Yeah, right. And we're in hour four of this show, so let's go ahead and wrap it up. <laughs> we
2: started recording on Wednesday. Yeah. It's now Thursday morning. <laughs> Dang. My, at- my next client is coming in in 20 minutes. <laughs> That's going to
1: do it for this edition, number 63 of Training Gross. Don't yeah. forget to follow us on Twitter, at Training Gross. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, And we'll see you next time.
2: We'll holler.